And Jordan on the right side. I don't know if I can handle that. It's just gonna throw my whole balance off. And actually, you two together makes me a little nervous. You're no Ben, so yeah, we'll survive. So, so tell me about the best gift you've ever gotten ever. Huh? You'll be Ben. Wow. All right. So, what's the best gift you've ever gotten, Leanne? GameCube, very cool. Someone else, best best gift you ever got? Christmas, birthday, found whatever. Random. Um, What's that? Concert tickets. What concert? Um, my first one was for my 14th birthday, and I saw Keith Urban. Keith Urban. I'm not sure that would be the best gift I ever got, but I'm glad you liked it. So. Sure. Excellent. <laughs> as long as you enjoyed it, that's all that matters. Anyone else? Best gift you ever got? Bicycle. Bicycle. Okay, what's the worst gift you've ever gotten? <laughs> what is it? The worst gift you've ever gotten. Jamie. Okay, so one year my family got word that I need underwear. <laughs> Everybody bought me underwear. <laughs> Way too many underwear. Nice. <laughs> and first of all, it's not a very good gift anyway. Oof. Never mind. I, got a, I got a fun story. All right, Trent. So it was just this Christmas, and uh, my mom forgot that she had bought me a hat and told Taylor to buy me a hat. So Taylor bought me a hat, and then I opened mom's gift, and it was also a hat. <laughs> so kind of lame. Two hats. <laughs> Two winter hats. Yeah. Two winter hats, all right. Were they the same color? You only needed yeah, one. Different. I mean, it's not Where'd a big deal. Okay, we're just to say that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyone else, like, worst gift you've ever gotten? My worst gift is being born. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we've all... What's that? One that my, my yeah, when go for it. She was little. Um, they went to the toy store, and she saw this, like, amazing model boat. It had like little electrical lights and little people were doing everything. That was amazing. And so she, she was really excited because she so we've, okay, one more. One year, my grandma got my dad's gift and my gift mixed up. So I got a beer making kit. We got a <laughs> Very nice. Um, but we've all, at one point or another, we've gotten that gift that was just, you open it up and it's just utterly ridiculous and whatever, you just don't like it, whether it's an ugly shirt that you're never going to wear or a chia pad or just something that you, you just have to wonder, like, what, what was that person thinking? You know, kind of along the lines of Amber, like, there was one Christmas where somebody got me a CD of a certain country music. All right, I can't even remember who it was, but if you know me, you know I hate country music. And what made it worse was this person knows that I don't like un country music. And so I, I didn't really understand, like, why 
I, th I think it was kind of along Trina's lines. I think it was actually like a mix-up. They didn't realize, and they just, I don't know, they didn't, but they didn't admit it to save face, I guess. So, but when we get gifts like that, and the thing about it is, we have to pretend like we like them. We have to pretend like we like, and somebody gives you a gift, and you don't like it, you can't just say, well, I, I don't like this. You know, I, mean, I guess you could in certain situations, but generally speaking, we have to put on a bold face and we have to pretend like we like this terrible gift. Or maybe you have a boss who's like a total jerk, but because they have power over you, you have to pretend like they like, you have to pretend like you like this person. Or maybe you have a friend who is dating somebody or engaged or married to somebody that you just don't like and you don't think they're a good match and then they belong to your friend. But, mo but, but only in like rare situations can you actually say something about that because even, even if you're speaking words of wisdom to this person, it's just, it's just definitely not going to end well if you tell your friend you don't like whoever they're dating. You see, that's the thing. Sometimes, sometimes in life, we just have to pretend like things are cool. We have, to, like, we have to pretend like things are okay. And see, and children, they don't have to do that. Or they, or they have to learn to do that. You know, if you have a young child and they don't like something, they're going to let you know that they don't like their gift. And so you kind of get fun stories, kind of children being really embarrassing. And so we make the mistake of thinking that pretending like stuff is okay is a sign of maturity. Actually, it's just having a little tact is what is a sign of maturity. And so we, we transfer that into spiritual maturity. See, we, have, we, hear, we see commands in Scripture about having joy in any circumstance. And, and you, you've met people like this before, and they interpret that to mean that they have to pretend like everything is okay. Pretend like they have to be chipper all the time, no matter what's going on. Pretend like nothing affects them at all. But see, there's no command in Scripture. There's no command to pretend like everything is okay. But there is a command to live a life of joy. And so we kind of have to figure out what that means. What, what does it mean to have joy in any circumstance? Or as James even says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy when you face trials. That's a difficult thing to kind of really understand what James is talking about there. Because our tendency is not to get real happy, to get real chipper when things aren't going our way. Where do we find joy in these situations? And it kind of comes to the thing, and I don't know if you've heard this or not, but when people talk about this, you often hear that joy and happiness are different things. Joy and happiness are not the same thing. And we often confuse happiness with joy in these situations. And, and I kind of understand the distinction that people are going to try to make with that, and I'm going to do that a little bit tonight, but it, I don't know. I don't like over-parsing words too much, and, you know, words have complicated meanings, and they kind of bribe there. But, but I did read a blog post the other day. I kind of just Googled joy versus happiness to kind of see what people are thinking. And I found this blog post, somebody I don't know, I don't know much about her story, but what she wrote was pretty profound, and so I'm going to read that right now. And she, said, she writes, I've heard somewhere that the word happiness was derived from the same root as the word happening. So if you follow that line of reasoning, then happiness is probably based upon what's happening. 
happy things happen, and then you're happy. Make sense? But joy is something else entirely. And then if you're talking about the joy of the Lord, then it isn't only something different. It's an entirely separate realm of experience. Joy is one of the fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit's ability to grow fruit in our lives isn't depending on happy circumstances. And actually, I find it often quite the opposite. Anyway, this happiness versus joy conversation is sort of a touchy subject for me lately. I had someone in the past year or so question whether or not I was really a Christian. And this is someone who had only recently met, so he didn't have the perspective of seeing my life in anything but the context of the difficulties we were facing at the time. His reasoning went something like this. Joy is a fruit of the Spirit. So anyone who has the Holy Spirit within them will have the joy because the fruit will just naturally grow. Since I don't see joy in your life, you must not have the Holy Spirit. So you can't be a Christian if you don't have the Holy Spirit. To put it in context, this statement was made to me right maybe shortly after my husband's diagnosis. And while we were still dealing with my husband's uncontrolled rages, and his frightening behaviors in our home. Can you say stressed out? Fortunately, I realized at the time that this person was confusing joy with happiness. It's true that I wasn't always particularly happy at that moment in my life, but I did have joy. Joy to know that somehow, someway, somewhere, God would work all this horrible stuff I was living with for good. Joy to know that even if life continued just as badly as it was for the rest of my earthly life, this life isn't the end of the story. I was living with that saying, I don't know what the future holds, but I know who holds the future, running constantly through my head. The Bible says that for for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. I don't think that Jesus was necessarily happy while he was tortured and endured a painful, cruel death. But Jesus did have joy in the midst of it all? Well, I'm sure he did. Joy to know that his sacrifice would work the ultimate good in humankind allowing all of us an opportunity to find forgiveness and peace with God. Joy to know that this life isn't all there is. Joy to have accomplished what he'd been sent to do. When I told a pastor friend of mine what was said to me about how I I probably wasn't a Christian because I didn't have joy in my life in the midst of trials I was facing, my pastor friend said, Oh my gosh, Debbie, that person doesn't know you at all. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Your faith and joy that bring you is the main reason that you've gotten through all of this as well as you have. That man is confusing happiness with joy and they're not the same thing at all. And I found that interesting because I never, I never heard, I never really thought about it, but it kind of makes sense that happiness and happening do have the same root. And so, whether you want to overparse these words or not, the reality is, I think what we often think of as happiness is based on what's happening around us is based on circumstance. Happiness is based on our circumstances. And so if things are good, then we're going to feel good. If things are bad, we're going to feel bad sometimes. But joy, joy is something entirely different. Joy is based on our perspective. Joy is based on what we know, what we have inside of us, and not what necessarily is going on around us. And it's kind of, as she said in the tip, joy is a fruit of the Spirit. And see, bearing fruit um, is a common metaphor in the New Testament about living out our faith. Because you can determine, as I mentioned last night, last week, you can determine the health of a tree by the quality of its fruit. 
See, if it's not producing fruit, then something is wrong. And see, fruit grows naturally, but you, you, can help, you can create conditions for fruit to grow. If you have a fruit tree, you can make sure that it has plenty of sun, you make sure it has plenty of water, you can make sure it has good soil, and you can use pesticides to fight off all the bugs from destroying it and all that kind of stuff. You can, you can create certain conditions that'll cause fruit to grow naturally. And I think it's the same way with the fruit of the Spirit. I think these are things that, as this person kind of correctly said, if you have the Holy Spirit in your life, these things will grow naturally. But also, there are things that you should be doing to create certain conditions that allow things to grow naturally. Certain conditions in your life, certain things that you can be doing to allow fruit to grow out of your life. And so, I have three conditions that you can kind of create kind of in the same way as making sure you have good soil and water for a fruit tree. Three things that you can do that will help joy grow out of your life. And the first one is, is having the right perspective. Having the right perspective. And what that kind of means is, is how you view a certain situation in your life. When something, when you face a trial, when you face something going, or you're having a bad day, what is your perspective on that day? Are you going to be overwhelmed by what's going on around? Or are you going to see it as an opportunity, as something to overcome? And so if you go with that mindset, realizing that God is your strength, the strength that you have in Christ, and that no matter what's going on around you, even if it's unpleasant, even if it's difficult, that you can overcome it. That helps you produce joy in your life. It helps you not be affected by what's going on around you. You can choose joy. That's one thing you can learn in psychology is that our emotions are affected by our mentality. And if we, if we let our mind kind of go out of, out of control and you kind of worry about stuff, that affects you emotionally. But if you have that positive mindset, then that also affects your emotions and that can give you positive feelings to give you that feeling of joy so you can actually choose to be joyful it takes a little work it takes a little effort it takes a little practice some people get it naturally Courtney you're always joyful that's cool <laughs> other others of us have to work on it sometimes so <laughs> but yeah and so it's just something that you can kind of build in your life and just kind of training yourself to kind of have that perspective and just remembering that God is always with you the second thing, the second condition that we can do to grow joy in our life is to trust. To trust God and trust His promises. And that's one thing we're really digging in Scripture and kind of knowing what Scripture says and just reading the promises that God makes to us. That's one of the reasons it's so important. Because as you read God's Word and you see the promises that He makes for you, you realize that He is on your side and He is going to take care of you. Now, one thing you have to remember when you trust God and you face difficult circumstances is that one of the promises that we are not made in Scripture is that we're going to be comfortable. It never says anywhere that we're going to have a comfortable, easy life. God never promises that we'll be comfortable. He does promise that we'll be comforted. And so when we face these trials, when we face difficult situations in our lives, part of having joy is trusting that God is going to take care of you that God is going to keep His promise. 
and it's going to help you overcome somehow, some way. We don't always know what that's going to look like while we're facing that situation. But we are promised that He will give us strength. We are promised that He will help us through it. We are promised that He will give us comfort. And the third thing, the third condition that we can create in order to grow joy in our life is having a life of purpose, living a life with purpose. And it's one of those things you kind of find out if if you're going to have to do something really painful, like physically painful sometimes, one thing that can help you out when you're going to face that is to focus on a certain point or focus on a certain thing and just put all your energy and mental energy into focusing on that one thing while that painful thing, whether somebody's going to have to cut your arm off or something, I don't know. Maybe I watched too much 24 and this isn't real, but <laughs> I don't know. You see it on TV where they got to kind of focus really hard when something really, have to do some kind of painful procedure without any anesthesia. But it helps to focus on a certain point. Another thing is if you're training, if you're an athlete and you're training, and just the difficult, like the real painful, like running that extra mile, just really difficult, but if you have a purpose for running that extra mile, that helps you to push on through that. And so if you're living your life with a purpose, if you're living your life for the purpose that God has created for you, then that's one of the things that can help you overcome difficult situations and have joy. It kind of is a, um, Debbie in the blog post that I was writing, she was talking about when Jesus was going to the cross. One of the things that sustained him through that was having a purpose to knowing that what he do, what he was doing was not in vain, that there was a reason for it. And you read through Paul's letters too, and if you really read Paul's letters, I mean, sometimes he just, he sounds like a masochist. Uh, he talks about getting beat up, getting tortured, being thrown in jail, being shipwrecked, all that kind of stuff. And he just talks about how great it is. And uh, and he just, he just sounds like a masochist. But I don't think that's the case. I don't think he necessarily enjoyed being tortured or enjoyed being thrown in jail or enjoyed being shipwrecked or any of that stuff. But he always had that perspective. He always had that purpose. He always had something that he was focused on throughout all of that. And so he was able to persevere through all of that because he had that focus, because he had that purpose. And that helped him to overcome. And that's where he found his joy was realizing that he had that purpose that God had given to his life. And I think living a joyful life, I think there's three things that come out of that. And the first of all, joy is contagious. If you're living a life of joy, people that you come in contact with will have joy also. For example, Trent has been grinning at me the whole time tonight. And it's just, even though it's a sarcastic grin, it's still bringing me joy. So, thank you, Trent. <laughs> but joy is contagious. And one of the things we're called to do is bless other people. And one of the ways we can do that is being joyful. The second thing that joy does is it makes us strong. If you have joy in your life when you are facing these difficult situations, if you're joyful, it's a little bit easier to get through those things than it is if you're letting it get you down and get you down and destroy you. And the third thing that living a joyful life does, ironically, is it makes you happy. So when things are going on around you, you can be happy. And so that's kind of where happiness is found, is 
We can find it not from our circumstances, but from what's going on inside of us. And so tonight, I kind of wrap it up kind of short tonight because one of the things we kind of I kind of realized I found out as I was um, 